Good Saturday morning. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. I am Jason Kong. He is Bill Alexander. Good morning to you, Bill. How are you? Good morning, Jason. Enjo- enjoying the uh, the colder weather here this week? Well, it's cl- a huge change, it that's is. for sure. <laughs> it's, it's, it's gone from an Indian summer uh, to winter. Uh, Pretty quick. <laughs> that it has. So we've uh, we've had a change in the weather, and Bill, it looks like we're getting some changes in the tax code as well. Well, uh, clearly, both the House and the Senate in Washington uh, have passed versions of a new tax bill, which they're you know trying to work out the differences. Mm-hmm. Uh, but clearly, uh, both versions are fairly similar. So um, I, I doubt seriously that uh, I'm, uh, that there's going to be a significant change. Uh, the first, so I, I think it's it's safe to say that we can predict many of the winners and losers uh, because anytime there's a major change in policy, uh, particularly tax policy, uh, there are winners and losers. Right. Um, and um, it, it's. Uh, yeah, you know, as as citizens at this point, we really don't have any say in it. <laughs> Not unless we're big contributors, anyway. That's right. Um, but it, it's almost done at this point, and uh, we probably will see uh, a final version signed by the president before the end of the year. Uh, and of course, uh, if if people have not had their heads uh, buried in the sand this week, uh, they've they've heard a lot of folks talk about this. Um, and and so I'll I'll put in my uh, two cents here and there. Uh, clearly, some of the new law um, is very very political. Uh, I mean, in other words, some of the deductions and exemptions that were either erased or kept uh, were politically motivated. And, and of course, that's what we expect from the swamp. (laughs) So, uh, um, so that's not going to surprise anything, but clearly the biggest winners, uh, in this deal, uh, are corporations, you know, their tax rate, uh, permanently, or well, as permanent as Congress gets, uh, uh, which is sort of silly if you think about it, because there's not anything that Congress does that cannot be changed. But they can make it more difficult to change, and they can m- make some changes that automatically expire, and that's what they've done in this law too. But in essence, the corporate rate is dropping a whopping 15%, from 35% to 20%. So they are clearly the biggest winners in in this deal. Uh, individual taxpayers and married taxpayers um, don't fare nearly as well. And there are clearly groups that are losers in this. Now, individuals, and, and unfortunately, the, the tax rate drops to the degree they're drops. There are actually some that are raised, rates are raised for them. Um, these are not permanent. In other words, if if the economy doesn't go as well as the optimist in the swamp would like to happen, then the individual tax rates actually go back up. Hmm. Um, and and so those are not permanent. Those are actually scheduled to go back up if, if 
the economy doesn't hit the numbers that Congress is actually predicting in order to uh, pass this law. And there's no economist out there who thinks that the economy will hit those numbers. I mean, <laughs> the bottom line is, is that no matter how you look at it, uh, the most conservative estimates is that uh, our deficit, uh, our national debt and the deficit uh, will basically increase uh, by uh, a trillion dollars over the next 10 years. Uh, so that puts pressure on each budget because that that uh, interest bill has to be paid by Congress. So, and it's already that bill is already about what our national defense costs. So any anything uh, that increases the debt over time uh, is a huge burden. Uh, on the taxpayer, and and this is going to be one of those things where by cutting taxes, they will in fact increase uh, debt, no matter how you skin it. But one of the biggest losers uh, as a group in this um, scheme um, uh, that hasn't really been talked about very much are seniors, and of course, seniors are my love. I'm mm-hmm. getting pretty close to that myself. It, most my children already call me a senior, and that's okay. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> but the bottom line is that the the lowest tax rate is actually getting bigger. In other words, it's going from ten percent to twelve percent. So actually, those at the bottom of of the tax-paying scale will pay more, okay? And that's pretty sad. And and seniors are getting hit in a number of different ways, which, uh, from my perspective, if if seniors don't revolt over (laughs) this over the next few years, something's wrong, because the only way they're – now, there is a doubling of the standard deduction, which will actually help a lot of folks who don't uh, have itemized deductions. And so those folks will see a small decrease in their tax, and that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But uh, for those um, who typically have significant uh, itemized deductions, they're going to – for the most part, they're going to be the losers – Offset a little bit by the doubling of the standard deduction, but that's all. Um, and for those who have to pay a higher rate of tax, it's a real hit in the gut. You know, 10 percent, 12 percent, that's going the wrong way for our lowest in taxpayers. And that's really bad if you get right down to it. Uh, so who are some of the other losers if you really get down to it? Well, seniors again. What's going away? Medical deductions, or it looks like it will. Of course, the sausage is still being made right. in the swamp, and you can't expect a whole lot, but it appears that, um, you know, right now, seniors who have huge medical bills, because it has to be, you don't get any deduction unless it's over 10% of your adjusted gross income. So only those expenses over 10% of your adjusted gross income is deductible when you itemize. Well, that's going away. Well, North Carolina learned its lesson when the state legislature did away with the medical deduction and found out that seniors particularly, but those who were in the, the most Uh, horrible of circumstances, those in nursing homes, those in assisted living homes, those uh, folks who had huge long-term care bills that generally took all the money that they have uh, 
because nobody's prepared to pay those bills, guess what? They had a huge medical deduction because they were paying almost 100%, if not 100%, and going into their savings and to pay these bills. And at least they got a medical deduction and didn't have to pay income tax when all their money was going to the nursing home or the assisted living home or the home care workers to begin with. Right. Well, Congress apparently is making the same mistake. Um, which means people who um, are spending all of their money on care will actually have a tax bill that they have not had in the place. Now, they don't have any money to pay the tax. Uh, Those folks on Medicaid, you know, who are in nursing homes, they will get a tax bill because they don't have a deduction anymore. Well, that's bad policy in in my book. And I think seniors are going to find out that they really have – um, been screwed by this <laughs> by this bill. Uh, students, are, well, before I get to students, they uh, apparently both sides are doing away with your deduction for state and federal taxes. And so, who does that affect? And local tax, income taxes. Uh, that now that actually affects the big cities the most. Now, in North Carolina, I'm not aware that any of our cities have a local income tax. But places like New York, L.A., um, you know, think Chicago, Mm -hmm. any of the big cities, almost all of them have a local income tax. Well, guess how the big cities tend to vote. (laughs) (laughs) And guess, you know, what the the Congress is basically putting a a knife in their back – and, of course, there are a lot of Republicans that live in those areas, too. But this, I think, is politically motivated to, to do away with uh, your be- ability to deduct mm-hmm. uh, local income tax. So that's a bad one. But students may very well be the, the ones because it seems to me that the tax bill is really going after higher education um, with a scalpel, if not an axe. <laughs> And why do I say that? Well, um, there are a couple things, but the the bottom line is is that um, they're apparently doing away uh, with an exemption for stipends for education. And so that clearly hits graduate students mm-hmm. who are barely scraping by. But my question is, if if will this also uh, apply to uh, regular colleges and universities? Well, guess what a scholarship is? It's a stipend, mm-hmm. in essence. I mean, if scholarships are taxed, uh, that's going to hit the private institutions even higher. I mean, why do you get a scholarship? Because you can't afford to go to school. Right. <laughs> okay. Or because you're an athlete and mm-hmm. it's the your only ticket to uh, school. Well, if those are taxed, I mean, because are they getting a benefit? Sure. If tuition is, say, $15,000 a year and the school is basically giving you uh, – free tuition and they're giving you um, some other benefits, Uh, typically in any other environment, benefits that you receive uh, are in fact considered taxable income. Mm -hmm. Uh, But students have basically uh, been exempt from that, but apparently the tax bill is is going to tax those benefits at this point. That's going away in order to help the corporations. 
Well, just think about that. And it affects the private schools even more because their tuition is much higher. Right. Well, if, if they tax, a, say, a, a tuition uh, grant from Duke University or Davidson College or Wake Forest, all premier schools in North Carolina, those tuitions are $50,000 plus each year. Well, guess what? Uh, $50,000, uh, that uh, puts an individual into um, the 25% tax bracket. So wow. if you yeah. had to pay 25% of $50,000, could – I mean, these people have no income. Right. So I mean, they have no money. Mm-hmm. So who's going to pay that? I, I mean, there are – I mean, to me – this tax bill has as many holes in it as Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act. There are a lot of good things about the Affordable Care Act for health insurance for folks. Certainly the intention of the of the law was good, even if there's some problem, big problems with it that need to be uh, changed. But the bottom line is, is that this tax bill has the same kind of gaps and problems in it that really need to be remedied uh, in a big way. And um, so when you think about all of these deductions and exemptions going away, will doubling the standard deduction make up for all of those lost uh, exemptions and deductions, itemized deductions? And for an awful lot of folks, the answer is going to be no. And I'm really worried about seniors uh, as it relates to this uh, tax law. For those, and here you're talking about folks on fixed income right. with higher medical expenses than your. I mean, what are they going to do? Uh, you <laughs> you can't get uh, water out of a stone, and that's basically what where this tax law may be heading. So. Um, while there's some good things about it, there are some very bad things about it as well. I mean, which is typical of what happens in the swamp. I think we can all agree on that. And any change has winners and losers. And this this law is a big change and has big winners and big losers. And so we really won't know until we file our first tax return as to how well we fared in this. And frankly, from my perspective, um, for good or bad, I hope that we all get to file our first tax return under this new law before the next election cycle (laughs) so we can either show our pleasure or displeasure at the polls. That's what politics should be about in terms of are being able to vote in our best interest, uh, whatever that is. And we're all different. So uh, like, every, you know, for the folks I'm talking to, some out there will be big winners and some will be big losers and some will be little winners and little losers. But the bottom line, it's going to be a big change for the whole country. Yeah, it certainly will be. And you can I can envision the people now, you know, putting the data into their tax software and being like, wait a minute, that's that's not what I'm used to. But uh, as you said, it'll be uh, it, it depends on your situation. And there there are always winners and there are always losers. Well, we're going to be talking about a seminar opportunity coming up for you next or this week, I should say, on Wednesday. We'll tell you more about it in just a bit. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF.
News Radio 680 WPTF. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. You can find more about him at WGALaw.com. I am Jason Kong. Thank you for joining us this Saturday morning. And uh, Bill, if you didn't scare us enough with the uh, the uh, tax changes coming, um, you know, the, the prospect of the, the medical deduction going away is very scary. And I know we've got a seminar coming up on Wednesday all about long-term care, but Man, people who may be in a situation with long-term care really need to uh, get as much information as they can and be prepared because uh, – No question about it. Well, a- I mean, it, it's like this. Um, what, what we talk about in our seminar, and as you have already mentioned, this is a free seminar. We don't feed anybody. It's, it's truly an educational event, and, and the folks who come really do appreciate – uh, the, the time that they put in uh, learning ab- about these uh, programs. But anybody out there who thinks they understand Medicaid and how it works uh, and who can be eligible, uh, anybody who really thinks that, and they, uh, they're, they're wrong. They don't have a clue how it works. Uh, it's a complicated series of different programs uh, and most people are very confused about how Medicaid or special assistance or VA benefits work uh, and whether they can be eligible for them. And truthfully, uh, there's so much bad information. Uh, we, you can call them lies. You can call them myths. You can call them half-truths. But the bottom line is um, it's impossible for families to get this information on their own you can't get it by reading uh, because it doesn't exist. Um, uh, it, it, and there's so much misleading information out on the street. And it, most professionals don't understand, whether it's financial advisors or attorneys or social workers. They may know a little bit, but knowing a little bit is more dangerous than really uh, knowing nothing at all. And so for those families who are concerned about the cost of long-term care and they want to understand how the system works and what benefits are available to them, uh, they really should come to the seminar. Uh, Families don't realize, but the bottom line is that um, most families will have a long-term care crisis. The percentages are astronomical for a married couple who uh, attain the age of 65 together. During their lifetime, the the, the percentage of one of the two having a long-term care crisis is about 80%. That's that's not a good percentage for for folks who are trying to be optimistic about, oh, it's not going to happen to me. A long-term care crisis for most families is the equivalent of losing your home with everything in it and being uninsured so nobody pays you back. That's what a long-term care crisis costs. People don't realize that nursing care today in this area generally costs $7,000 to $7,500 per month in cash that's required to pay the bill. Uh, folks don't realize that assisted living typically in this area runs between $3,000 and $6,500 a month for care. Home care can be just as expensive, more or less, depending on circumstances and how much caregiving 
is required to keep you safe at home. So it's it's the kind of thing where, yes, if there's financial help, you're very, very wise to seek it and, and get it. And most middle-class families, quite frankly, and those who actually are pretty well off, can get assistance if they know where to look. And that's what our seminar is all about. Very good. And uh, people can go and register at WGALaw.com. And the times that they can do this at Independence Village in Raleigh on Wednesday? Well, it's well located uh, in Raleigh. Uh, Independence Village is is located um, not too far from Crabtree Mall. It's mm-hmm. up Edwards Mill Road at Durley Road, uh, or right behind that. It's actually Charles B. Root Wind, <laughs> fancy name. Uh, but it's a nice facility, and it's a great place to have our seminar. And they allow us to actually – they don't charge us to use their facility, which is really nice. And it allows us to be able to do a free seminar right. to folks. And we enjoy uh, being able to do it. But 10 o'clock, uh, 2 o'clock, and 6.30 – and uh, I will be doing two of the three seminars uh, myself personally, mm-hmm. and I'm looking forward to it. I, I enjoy these seminars a great deal. I enjoy meeting the folks who come and trying to address their concerns and questions. Uh, it's always a lot of fun for me. It's a great opportunity, and I highly encourage anyone. Uh, you're not going to find information like this, and certainly not for free. So if you have the opportunity, head out to Independence Village this Wednesday. Register in advance. You can go to WGALaw.com, or you can call Bill in the office. And what's the best way for folks to do that, Bill? Well, our number is 919-256-7000, and calling our office is an easy way to register. Uh, it really helps us to know who wants to come, Right. so we would appreciate that. But folks can also register online as well. They can go to our website and register there, uh, or they can email us at wga at wgalaw.com and register that way. So we try to make it easy on folks. Yep, very easy. And again, that's at uh, Independence Village in Raleigh. And please register in advance. It's a a great opportunity for you. I I can't stress that enough. Well, Bill, uh, we've got... uh, Well, I know this is a busy time of of year for for everybody. But for those folks who are worried about these issues, uh, it can help you sleep at night to know. Uh, So, you know, it's about a two-hour investment of time. And it's certainly worth it for folks to come, come out to our seminar. Absolutely. And if you're you're in a long-term care situation, you know, that uh, that feeling sometimes of confusion on where to turn and uh, what to do next, that peace of mind and uh, some sort of valuable direction mm-hmm. and, and learned direction could, man, that, that would just be a huge burden off your shoulders if you're sure. in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with more here on Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Jason Kong. And, Bill, we've run the gamut here. We let everyone know about the uh, free seminar on Wednesday. Again, you can register online at WGALaw.com. We talked about some tax reform, the winners and losers in the tax changes. And uh, now we're going to talk about uh, an issue that I, I think a lot of people don't think about, but it's it's important because there's a lot of ramifications, but that's downsizing your home and the possible ramifications Absolutely. of that. Absolutely. I, I am asked frequently about the benefits of downsizing. Uh, And actually, it's a two-edged sword. 
Um, or, you know, some folks sell their home in order to simply move. They want to be close to their grandchildren, and their grandchildren live two states away. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are an awful lot of folks who actually move uh, in order to be close to their grandchildren. Now, key in, I didn't say children. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I said grandchildren because that's the motivation most of the time. Uh, and certainly not always, but that that's a, that's a big deal. Uh, other people sometimes want to sell their big home in, in order to pay off their mortgage and take the equity and be able to pay cash for a smaller home. And that's typically a wise choice. It's always good to have your home paid for. Now, uh, I can pull back in something uh, on the tax code. Uh, both versions uh, that they're you know, working on the sausage uh, does still allow folks to deduct uh, their interest on their mortgage for their primary home. Uh, which uh, there's there's a little bit of difference. One version says only mortgages under five hundred thousand. The other keeps the current, which is anything under a million dollars or a million dollars or less, is deductible. Um, you know, obviously, that can make a decision. You know, it can make a big difference as it relates to uh, buying a home or what kind of home or mm-hmm. how big a home and those kind of things. But I'm really talking about downsizing. Is that a good idea or not? Well, the the main thing that I want folks to understand, if they're thinking about um, selling their home and moving to a smaller home in the same community because they love their community, they love their church, they really want to stay close to where their friends are, um, uh, it might might be better just to stay put rather than downsizing. Now, why do I say that? Well, obviously, uh, it can actually be a lot less expensive to stay put. Typically, if you're going to sell your home, um, you know, a realtor comes in and says, uh, well, you need to paint this and fix that and um, replace this over here. And, and that can get to be thousands of dollars. Uh, so it can be very expensive just preparing to sell your home. Uh, and then if, if and when you sell your home, there are a lot of closing expenses. Uh, 6% of what you get goes to the realtor. So what I'm getting at is you're losing a bunch of money there in terms of selling. And this is cash right off the table. If you have to put money into repairing and replacing and improving your house to, in order to sell it, uh, that's a big expense that comes out of your pocket. And then when you sell, there's some big expenses, the biggest one being the realtor's commission. So that's important. But here's the other side of the coin. Okay, so you find a smaller house that you like. Guess what? There's a lot of exp- not just the moving expenses, but there's a lot of expense in setting up a new home. Guess what? Your old furniture doesn't fit. <laughs> Uh, Oh, yeah, by the way, you need new drapes and new this and new that. And so uh, the bottom line is uh, selling your home and buying another home can cost you easily $50,000. And so, you know, you got to factor that in when you look, okay, what's my life expectancy, you know? Uh, you know, okay, I have to pay somebody to mow the grass and I have to pay somebody for this and that. 
uh, for a number of years to stay in my current home. Now, if your current home doesn't work because there's steps and you don't want to put in an elevator or a stairmaster or something like that, that's that's a different situation which could motivate you to, to actually sell and, and move on. But uh, there are also some downsizes, and for a lot of seniors, it's actually easier and less expensive to stay put uh, if their home can accommodate them uh, as they grow older and they're, um, you know, have, you know, if their home allows for easy access in and out uh, and can be safe for them. Uh, that's all of those things enter into that equation. So one size does not fit all. Uh, and that's, of course, true in just about all planning. But there's another piece of downsizing that I also want to warn. I, I have a neighbor whose uh, father went through this. Um, and the bottom line is uh, he sold his house and purchased into a new senior community. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seems like a good idea. However, you have to be really careful when you do this. Uh, now, in this particular case, uh, it was brand new. So for a lot of folks, that entices. New community, everything's wonderful, everything's nice. Uh, you know, we're uh, not ever going to have to make a repair during our lifetime, you know, those kind of things. So that's an incentive. But there's a downside to that that people need to recognize. Now, most of these communities have a homeowners association of some sort. So there's a monthly fee that has to be paid. And typically that takes care of somebody mowing the grass and keeping the shrubs up and, and the place looking nice and maintained. And if there's a swimming pool and those kind of things. Um, but some of these places also have a clause in their homeowner's agreement that says no renters. Mm. Okay, well, that may not affect you because you plan to live there yourself, but it will affect your children if they can't sell the property because they can't rent it either and they still have uh, the payments to make, uh, which can be uh, high. Okay, well... You need to look to see, is the um, uh, community finished and are all the units sold? Because if it's a community that's still building and still expanding, and let's say that you move in and you live there five years, and when you die, the community is still expanding. They're still building. Guess what? The ability for your family to sell your unit, now I'm talking about buy-in units, obviously, but the ability to sell your unit is very, very low. So guess what? To the degree that the family has to sell your unit, they generally are going to take a loss. And in my neighbor's situation, wonderful people, but the bottom line is they can't sell it at any price, which is horrible, and they can't rent it. Uh, And it looks like uh, that is going to basically or could um, cost them everything in the estate, Um, uh, not just losing the house, but because of the liability on it, uh, they could lose everything. And uh, that is a tragic situation, and it and it came from 
not realizing what they were actually buying into. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there's some developers out there that are cringing when I say this because, you know, obviously they're, they're trying to do something good by developing these new communities. But the bottom line is, is that seniors need to be real careful uh, in the type of community that they buy into and uh, the negative aspects, not just for the niceties in terms of buying in, but what's the situation upon my death in terms of my family being able to sell this unit to someone else? And um, that, that takes a little shrewder of a buyer, if you will, in terms of understanding those dynamics. But I wanted to put that out there because to me that's – a significant issue when you when you see and you know I'm into asset protection so I want folks to be able to enjoy what they purchase as I mean because most people think of a house as an investment right and uh, they also think of it as something that they should profit from or their family should profit from upon their death so you know but it can be a huge liability if if you choose poorly (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's something very important to consider that, uh, you know, you, a lot of people with the best intentions go in and make that decision or make that purchase. But as you said, mm-hmm. that can that can come back and bite you. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander here on News Radio 680 WPTF. You can find more about him at WGALaw.com. You can also find him this Wednesday at Independence Village of Raleigh doing uh, multiple seminars throughout the day. You can register online at WGALaw.com. This is these are free seminars, and you can get uh, some very, very valuable advice about long-term care and options for you. It's uh, a, a, an incredibly difficult field to navigate, but uh, Bill's the man in this regard. He, he knows his stuff, and you can get some extremely valuable advice all for free. Uh, you just got to register at WGALaw.com, and we do this uh, the second Wednesday of every month, and uh, this is that Wednesday coming up here. So uh, if you miss it, there's a, an opportunity to uh, – uh, register again another month but um you know this is the uh, the end, the year is quickly wrapping up here bill so this is a great opportunity for folks to uh take advantage of your expertise and, and well make i appreciate that uh jason but you know uh, our law firm wg alexander and associates we are uh, a law firm it's a we're a boutique firm that that focuses on estate planning uh, elder law and asset protection that's what we do uh, but the bottom line is when it comes to estate planning, it, 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 estate planning truly is not about documents, although documents are an important part about it. But it's really being able to give folks good advice based on their personal circumstances. You know, people, everybody thinks, oh, my situation is simple. But truthfully, most families are not as simple as they think, and they have options that they don't even know about. Uh, and if they get good counsel, they'll know about those options. They'll know how to deal with issues. Uh, they'll find solutions that they didn't know existed. And that's what we do at WG Alexander and Associates. Um, I think that's what we tr- we always try to do. We try to give wise counsel. And our experience in all of these matters really makes 
a big difference in being able to help people. And that's the difference between uh, coming to uh, a law firm like ours uh, that focuses on these real issues for folks uh, versus somebody who's just going to give you documents. I mean, that's, that's a big difference, quite frankly. But the next issue I wanted to talk about is another issue that folks ask me about frequently, and that is, should I pay my mortgage off early? In other words, should I overpay it mm-hmm. in order to get it paid off? Well, and again, this is an issue where the the best answer is, it depends. <laughs> you, you say that too much, Bill. Take a side. Well, uh, and I will say this. Uh, anybody that knows me believes that I s- strongly feel that folks should, in fact, have their mortgage paid off by the time they retired. Mm-hmm. I think that's the single most important uh, thing a family can do, uh, generally speaking. Okay, and I have to say generally because there are exceptions to that rule. Um, But for most folks, having their mortgage paid off prior to to joining the the fixed income crowd, (laughs) in other words, where you can't do much about how much income you have, uh, having that big bill paid off uh, is a huge blessing. Mm -hmm. And so uh, now I will tell you that in terms of overpaying your mortgage – Say to um, let's say you you overpay it by three or four or five hundred dollars a month in order to reduce that time. Well, frankly, if that allows you to have it, have your mortgage paid off when you retire or just prior to retirement, that's probably a really good idea. But most financial advisors um, in a perfect world can show you if you instead took that three or four hundred dollars and invested it each month, you're likely to have more money that you can use to then pay off your mortgage. But you know, there are, are several problems with that financial advisory push to save the money rather than to overpay your mortgage. And number one, the markets may not be kind to you. You could lose most of your savings in a down market. We've all experienced that at one time or another. And uh, market corrections do happen uh, uh, generally at least twice every 10 years or so. So corrections do happen, and that's not a good thing. Uh, Other things uh, that – there are a lot of other things that can affect that analysis as well, and that is um, uh, th- that uh, while you can uh, make that money subject to the risk in the market, uh, and it might be a little bit better, um, you know, while you still have a mortgage payment, if you lose your job or if things don't work out the way you had hoped, then uh, your home could be foreclosed if it's not already paid off. You know, folks who have their mortgage paid off sleep better at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have to worry about making that big monthly payment. They don't have to worry about somebody, you know, a creditor coming in and foreclosing against their their home. Um, it uh, There's obviously no market risk to uh, having your mortgage paid off. And, and your home still appreciates in value. Uh, as, um, you know, most folks won't say it's an investment, but I consider it 
folks' largest investment, quite frankly, and it's an investment that helps you personally as well. Um, uh, so, you know, all of those things are, are a big factors into whether to pay your mortgage off. Of course, um, your interest uh, on a mortgage is still deductible. And right now, the reason that the financial advisors can say that it's better to do one than the other is because it's a fairly low rate environment. Most people's mortgage rates are fairly low. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of folks can can actually invest their money and make more than the 35 or 4% interest that most people are paying. But then there are an awful lot of folks, particularly seniors, who can't do that because uh, they want um, a safer investment. And, and so, it, it again, you know, the bottom line is it always depends, but I still will come back to say that uh, one – goal that helps anybody in retirement is to have their mortgage paid off when they retire. Yeah. And if you're uh, wondering about your situations, probably a a good time to head over to WGALaw.com and get some of that wise counsel that is offered by uh, Bill and his associates there. It's uh, uh, something that, uh, man, it's great. And you guys are very talented at what you do. So I highly encourage anyone, if you have some questions or if you're worried about your situation, give Bill a call. It's a great opportunity to do that. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I am Jason Kong, and Bill, we're uh, just about out of time here, but want to remind everyone uh, if you can join us this Wednesday uh, for our free seminar all about long term care, and you can register online at WGA Law. We do ask you to register in advance, but this will be going down at Independence Village. Uh, Three seminars on Wednesday. And again, you can find all the information at WGALaw.com. And Bill, you will be doing uh, two of the seminars on Wednesday. I will be, and I'm looking forward to it. I hope folks will sign up and come see me. That's right. Come say hi to Bill. He's a great guy. You'll get some fine information, and you'll, uh, you'll get to meet the man behind the microphone. How about that? We'll do this again next week, and we'll hope you'll join us then. Saturday at 11. It's Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a great day, everyone.